Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio on Seattle's Cairo Radio. Long-Term Care Radio is brought to you in part by 525 Advisors, your local long-term care experts. Brian Ott is a certified long-term care planning specialist and will show you how to protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of a long-term care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting options you need to know about. Now, here's your host, Brian Ott. And welcome back to the Long-Term Care Radio Podcast. You know, I had a very interesting conversation this week with one of our listeners. Um, They had basically contacted me about their existing long-term care insurance plan that they bought years ago, like almost 20 years ago. It was with Genworth Financial, or, or better known as Genworth. Genworth, by the way, is the largest... Um, uh, provider, or or not even that, the largest servicer of long-term care insurance contracts. And and my intel, some of my sources that used to work there say that they have well over 400 different contracts that they service. That doesn't mean they they wrote all those insurance policies. A lot of them they absorbed from other companies when those other companies got out of the business. But right now, Genworth is the largest um, provider of, of the servicing. So they have the claims department. They handle the billing, all those kind of things. Well, this particular client got a disturbing letter from Genworth, and it said, basically, we're raising your rates 44%, and our company has been downgraded by the financial rating services again. So they've been downgraded to a C++, which basically says the rating agencies are concerned about their financial strength. So they had a lot of concerns, a lot of real concerns. Um, You know, the premiums are going up. The company's been downgraded. What should they do? They feel trapped. The company is raising rates again in the future. How many more rate increases are they going to face? Are they going to get priced out of this policy? Is there another option? Can they convert their plan to a different type of plan with another company? And what happens if the insurance company is not in a position to pay their claim? Now, folks, this is a horrible position to be in, and I've had this conversation over my 10-plus years doing this business um, with multiple clients, and so I empathize with them. This is a horrible feeling. They did the right thing 20 years ago. They bought a long-term care insurance plan, and now they're worried about that company that they're with. They're worried about being priced out of that. So why is this happening? Um, What I want to do today is let's take a quick look at how insurance companies work as a whole And then let's take a quick history of long-term care insurance specifically, because I think this is stuff that people need to be aware of. First off, let's talk about how insurance companies actually work. They are in the business of mitigating risk, risk of actual events. You know, we don't buy insurance to protect ourselves from flying pigs. We buy insurance to protect ourselves from uninsured drivers or from our house burning down. So, again, we're looking at actual risk. That's what insurance companies are insuring. Um, these events, whatever it is, the house burning down, the wrecking the car, our health becoming compromised, um, dying prematurely, there's a financial risk to us. So that's what we're really trying to do. We're trying to get compensated for the financial costs of this risk. So the insurance companies go out and they collect data on the risk that they're going to insure and the likelihood to cost 
uh, or to cure the cost of that risk. So if a house burns down, how much is that going to cost the insurance company? They look at risk factors on health insurance policies and life insurance policies and long-term care. They look at things like age and health, how healthy are we, where are we at today physically. And then they calculate return on premiums. If they're going to collect this money and they're going to put it into their reserve account, what kind of return are they going to get? So this is what the data is collecting. Now, when we think about it, this is the actuarial science behind the insurance companies. They're looking at that village of a 1,000 people, and they're studying it for 100 years. And they can get some pretty good data, like X amount of people die a year on average. This is the number one reason why people die. This is the number two reason why people die. This is how many homes burn down, whatever it is. They are collecting that data. That's the actuarial science. They then calculate the premiums to allow them to cover the cost of the event and pay the other the overhead for the company. So otherwise, they're really just trying to figure out how to be profitable. And let's let's say that word again, profit. I mean, it's become this four-letter word in the media, right? Oh, these profit, for-profit companies, blah, blah, blah. Well, you and I have to be profitable. We have to make more at our job than we're spending. Otherwise, we get in trouble. We go into debt. Pretty soon, we can't manage our bills, and we file bankruptcy. And lots of people do that. Companies are the same way. They have to bring in a little bit more money than they're shoving out every month or else they're going to be in trouble. They're going to be out of business. And for insurance companies, it's vital because what we're doing is we're looking way out in the future. We're saying, gosh, how do we know this company's still going to be there 30, 40, 50 years down the road when we need that? So, again, the companies are trying to figure out how to be profitable, basically. Then the insurance companies sell the policies and they collect the premiums. Now, the premiums that they collect, that is their cash reserves. By law, these companies have to have cash reserves. Cash reserves are what pay for the claims. So you can't have your money in the stock market and then the house burns down and you say, oh, well, we invested your money in Tesla and that didn't work out. We bought it at $900 and now it's $600. Sorry, we can't pay your house. They don't do that. They have their money mostly in government treasuries. It has to be readily available funds. So that's their cash reserve account. Now, insurance companies work differently than all the other type of companies we know. I want you to think about this for just a second. If we're going to open a business, let's say it's a bakery, what do we do? Well, we got to go find a building. We got to buy the ovens. We got to buy the equipment we need, the mixers. We got to hire the staff. Um, we've got to do all those things. We've got to buy the ingredients, and then we've got to put that bread together and bake it and put it in the display case, and then we wait for somebody to come in and buy that. So we are incurring the cost up front, and then we're trying to sell it for a little bit more than it costs us to make that loaf of bread and enough to cover the overhead and the rent and the employees. Same thing if I'm building a car. I've got to build this warehouse. I've got to design or this manufacturing facility. I've got to design. I've got to spend all this money up front buying the steel, the metal, the rubber, putting this car together, getting it delivered, and then sell it. So they incur the cost up front. Insurance is the exact opposite. They're designing this product. They have some costs, obviously. They've got to pay rent. They've got to hire some employees. But that's minimal. Their real cost, the cost of goods, the cost of service, the cost of that contract is on the tail end. It's when we get sick. It's when we die. It's when we wreck our car. It's when our house burns down. So keep that in mind. The ongoing monitoring of the claims and, and all that stuff, is that that's the, the actuarial part of the insurance company. But the real risk to the insurance company is down the road. It's when we make those claims. 
So then the company collects those premiums for those years and they pay out the benefits based on the claims as they come in. This is the contractual part of insurance. So in a nutshell, I want you to understand that's how long-term care insurance companies work right there. Um, there are in, in, in homeowner insurance companies and life insurance companies, they work differently than other companies. Now, let's go and do a quick history of long-term care insurance. Number one, it was really designed with little data. Remember I was talking about how insurance companies collect data. It was designed with very little data because we didn't have data. This was a new insurance that they designed. Instead, they looked at similar type of products, disability insurance, health insurance, life insurance, and they tried to use some of the data that they had been collecting for you know, tens and hundreds of years, like on life insurance, for instance, and health insurance to figure out how to price long-term care insurance. It started out as nursing home insurance basically in 1974. Those were the original policies. And so you bought that policy to cover your stay in the nursing home because back in the 70s, there wasn't a lot of assisted living or adult family homes or stay-at-home health care agencies. It was basically you lived in your home until your parents couldn't take care of you or your family couldn't take care of you, and you ended up in a nursing home. Okay. They started getting traction in the 1980s, long-term care insurance did, after the National Association of Insurance Commissioners started creating standardized language for long-term care insurance contracts. And by the way, in the 1980s, the 30-year treasury rates um, in January were 10.6%. In 1996, Congress passed legislation allowing long-term care insurance to be deductible as a business expense. Okay, this brought a wave of new products aimed at the group market for businesses because now employers could buy long-term care insurance. They could write it off like health insurance and give the benefit to the employees, and it was a tax deduction for the businesses. So that brought in literally dozens of companies going after that particular market and the individual market as well, too. By the way, interest rates in January of 1990 were 8.9% on the 30-year treasury. By the year 2000, we had over 125 companies selling long-term care insurance. That's how fast this business grew from one to over 125 chasing the individual in the business market. Interest rates at the beginning of 2000 were 6.69%. By 2010, we started seeing the number of companies selling long-term care insurance shrink dramatically by 2010. Now, 30-year treasury rates, 4.7%. By 2020, last year, we were down to less than 10 companies selling traditional long-term care insurance. And by the way, the 30-year Treasury interest rates were 2.14%. Also, as of last year, all of the traditional companies that offered long-term care insurance filed rate increases except for two fraternal companies that have since raised rates on new policies, but they didn't raise them on existing companies. So basically all of the 125 but two fraternal companies have actually raised rates on their existing clients. So what's going on? Why have rates gone up on traditional long-term care insurance? Are traditional plans dead or is there still a place for them? That's what we're going to talk about today on the show. The short answer is they're not dead, but you need to understand how they work and you also need to understand some of the different options that are available and understand that there's differences between companies. Before we get to that, I've got a couple classes coming up next week. You're going to hear the ads for that. That's Wednesday at 3 o'clock, Saturday at 9 a.m. That information is on our website at 525longtermcare.com. 
I've got a great client of the week. I'm going to teach you about savings-based plans. That's our client of the week. And I'm going to spend a little bit of time in the last segment defining what an asset-based savings-based plan is as well. So stick around. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. Have you heard? Beginning next year, all W-2 employees will be taxed for long-term care, but not if you have an existing plan in place. The new government program will make Washington State employees pay for a long-term care plan through a new payroll tax. You won't have a choice, and you won't be able to opt out unless you have an existing plan in place, like my wife and I do, through 525 Advisors. Learn about this new payroll tax and new long-term care plans by attending a free live webinar this Wednesday at 3 p.m. If you can't attend, there's another one next Saturday at 9 a.m. Long-term care is such an important part of retirement planning. A good plan from 525 Advisors can make sure your care is funded and managed when you need it, protecting your loved ones and everything you've worked hard for. They also have plans to pay you back if you never need it. So attend the free live webinar Wednesday at 3 p.m. There's also another one next Saturday at 9 a.m. Go to 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. For the most options, including new plans that protect you and your loved ones and pay you back if you never use them, visit 525longtermcare.com to learn more and sign up for the next live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. And Zach, recently one of the largest investment banks in the country, finally published research showing why a 60-40 stock bond portfolio is outdated. This is something you've been talking about on Know Your Risk Radio for years. Now they're jumping on the bandwagon. Dory, it certainly feels that way. This research shows exactly what we've been telling people for years now. Using bonds as the safe portion of your portfolio is a serious gamble, and now is not the time to be gambling your retirement. With Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, we'll show you how to protect your portfolio against loss, but still grow your assets. We teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet, Common Sense Investing. Call Zach right now to get your free copy of Common Sense Investing. Call 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm is licensed to conduct business. Bulwark Capital is a DBA of Clear Creek Financial Management, a registered investment advisor. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back, and thanks again for tuning in to Long-Term Care Radio. And if you you miss any of these shows or you, you just get part of them in the car, if you're listening to us live in the Seattle market, you can always get our podcast at 525longtermcare.com. So let's talk about traditional plans. Again, I was telling you about a conversation I had with a listener that says, man, I've got one of these plans that's going up. What do I do? They're really concerned. So what is going on with the long-term care, the traditional plans? The conversation I had with my listener was very common. I, I have this quite often with people. Many people with existing traditional plans bought these 10, 20, even 30 years ago, and they're really starting to see the rates go up, and they're concerned about you know what they do and what their options are. Now, remember I was talking about the data collection for insurance that I mentioned. Um, 
this was the basis of, of, of some assumptions because the new insurance, the new long-term care insurance, they didn't really have any data to study. This was a new type of insurance that we developed here in the United States. So they didn't really have the data to fall back on like life insurance that had been studied for 100 years. So the insurance company made several assumptions when they developed these products originally. Number one was lapse rate. Lapse rate is what happens. That's the number of policies that lapse. So every year somebody buys homeowner insurance and they pay for it maybe two or three years and then their their state farm agent moves and they switch over to all states or whatever it is. And so those policies just lapse. And what happens when a policy lapse is the company, the, the premiums that you pay to that company is just in their general fund. They get to keep that, but it also removes the liability from that insurance company. So if we look at disability insurance, life insurance, health insurance, there's a lapse rate. Some are as high as 50%, some are 20%. So again, the long-term care industry had to go in there and they had to assume out of all the people that take out long-term care insurance policies, X amount of these are going to lapse after two years, after five years, after 10 years, whatever it is. And so they use their actuarial data to figure out that the lapse rate. The second thing that they had to assume was the average time on claim. And again, since we didn't have any experience on this, they were just looking at, you know, how long do people actually stay in nursing homes? What's the actual average of claim? This number, the average time on claim has continued to increase due to medical advances, and higher rates of cognitive impairment. So that original number that they were using back in 70 has more than doubled. So average time on claim has changed. And then lastly, one of the assumptions that the insurance companies made was return on investments, okay? Now this is the 900 pound gorilla in the room. Let's just, you heard me talking about the interest rates there for a second ago. That's what I was talking about. When we look at this, and we started off at like 8% on a 30-year treasury, and then it got down to 6 and then 4 and then 3 and then 2 and now, you know, think about that. That's the return that the people are making on those premiums you write in. So those people that bought a general policy back in the 80s when interest rates were 8.9%, well, it was pretty easy for the insurance company to sit there and just figure, well, we're going to get 8% return on our money because that's what 30-year treasuries are paying out. And so they could calculate that in. They could buy those 30-year treasuries and know that they're getting 8.9% for the next 30 years. However, every year those rates continue to go down. So what would happen if all those assumptions that the insurance companies made were differently? And, and let's talk about lapse rate, for instance. The lapse rate on long-term care insurance now is less than 2%. They were assuming somewhere in that 20 to 30% lapse rate, less than 2%. People like my grandmother bought the policy, held on to it, continued to make the premiums, and then used it and sucked every single penny out of that policy. So the claims came in higher. My grandma, the average claim time when she took her policy out was two years. She was on claim. She used four years of insurance and then ran out, but she was in assisted living for nearly five years. So think about that. What if all of those things went the other way? What if lapse rates were actually higher? What if claims rates were actually lower? And what if interest rates were actually higher? Well, we would see more competition. We would see lower rates for long-term care insurance. The increase on traditional policies today is not from malice or, in, or a bad intentional business decision. It's from market conditions. And it's in shifts in user utilization for the policies. The companies just had no idea because there was no data to look at. So what do you do if you have a traditional policy? 
let's revisit my listeners' concerns. Premiums are going up, and the company has been downgraded. Yes, the rates for Genworth will continue to go up. Genworth is a public company. Their stock is GNW. You can buy it now for about $3.30 a share. It was a $36 stock at one point. The company is in bad shape financially. The clients feel trapped. Is there some other options? Well, possibly. If you have an existing traditional plan and you're paying those premiums and your your, your life has changed, you've sold some assets, you have income and, and you have good income and you have cash reserves now, you might be able to set up a, a asset-based plan that will pay you back if you don't use it and walk away from your traditional plan. Can you convert your existing traditional plan to another type of plan? The short answer is no. There is no cash value. It's like your homeowner's insurance. When you leave one insurance company, you go from State Farm to Allstate, State Farm doesn't give you some of your money back. Allstate, when you go from Allstate to Liberty Mutual, Allstate does not give you your money back. So that's the same way traditional plans work. There's no cash value, so there is nothing to convert there. What happens if the insurance company gets in a situation where they can't pay? Well, let me tell you something. Every single state has what they call a guaranteed trust association, so those policies are backed. As of today, there has never been an insurance company that has not paid a claim or there's not been a client that has not been paid a long-term care claim, a life insurance claim, or even an annuity, and it's because there's guarantees on there. Most of these insurance companies have reinsurance behind them, and then there's state guarantees. And so you don't have to worry about that. You just have to worry about the fact more the bigger problem is, is the company going to be in a financial situation where they still continue to go out and raise the rates, and the states allow them to do that? Remember, the state has to sign off when an insurance company wants to raise your rates. So the big question is, is long-term care insurance, the traditional plan, is it dead? Does it still make sense? The short answer is you know what? Yes, it does still make sense. But you need to know there's a lot of things that you have to understand. Number one, not all insurance is created equal. I have never sold the Genworth policy. I am not picking on Genworth. I've never sold the John Hancock policy. I never sold the Transamerica policy. All three of those companies are for-profit companies. You can go read the shareholder minutes and you can see what they're telling their shareholders. It's different than what they're telling their clients. They're going to continue to try to raise rates and be profitable because they're worried about increasing the share price. Mutual companies, which have had the lowest rate increases, and some companies have had none, like mine still hasn't raised my rates, my mass mutual policy, although they have filed on some of their blocks of business, my particular plan has not been raised. Mutual companies work for you. You actually own that policy. So make sure you understand the difference between a good company and a bad company. Also on traditional plans, consider a limited pay. We have plans out there that can have fully paid up in 10 years so that you don't have to worry about rate increases in the future. The NAIC says there's less than a 10% chance that you're going to see a rate increase on these new programs that are offered today because the pricing's already been increased on those. So who does long-term care insurance, these traditional plans, make sense for? The business owners should look at them. They get tax deductions people with good cash flow that can afford the payments and, and maybe want to protect their assets, people that are healthy enough to qualify. Again, there's stricter underwriting on traditional plans. People that don't care about a return of premium, sometimes the traditional plans make sense. So I hope that helps you understand because I know there's a lot of people out there. Um, stick around. We're going to take another break. When I come back, I'm going to get into our client of the week and introduce you to Deanne. We'll be right back. 
Due to recent changes in the Pension Protection Act, new asset-based plans guarantee a tax-free benefit for long-term care and pay you back with interest if you never use it. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free classes at 525longtermcare.com. Take the burden off your loved ones by making sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Visit 525longtermcare.com to learn more and sign up for the next live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. And Zach, recently one of the largest investment banks in the country, finally published research showing why a 60-40 stock bond portfolio is outdated. This is something you've been talking about on Know Your Risk Radio for years. Now they're jumping on the bandwagon. Dory, it certainly feels that way. This research shows exactly what we've been telling people for years now. Using bonds as the safe portion of your portfolio is a serious gamble. And now is not the time to be gambling your retirement. With Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, we'll show you how to protect your portfolio against loss, but still grow your assets. We teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet, Common Sense Investing. Call Zach right now to get your free copy of Common Sense Investing. Call 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm is licensed to conduct business. Bulwark Capital is a DBA of Clear Creek Financial Management, a registered investment advisor. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. And welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio. And thanks again for tuning in. Or if you're listening on the Long-Term Care Podcast, we appreciate that. We've been getting quite a bit of uh, emails and feedback. So I know we do have people all over the country listening now. And again, the point of the radio show and the podcast is just to educate you and bring some awareness to the topic of long-term care. And so, you know, on the concern for the people that have traditional plans, what I want you to understand for people that don't have long-term care insurance, it's the equivalent to making a bad stock pick. You know, it's it's equivalent to buying a stock that went down and, or, or knowing somebody that bought a stock and went down. Like, hey, my uncle bought GM and held on to it till it went bankrupt, so I, stock market's bad. I can't ever invest in it. You can't put yourself in that corner, folks. There are some great companies out there. There's some great traditional plans out there. We still sell uh, quite a few traditional plans. Um, because they do make sense in the right situation. But again, the reason why I'm in this business is I was out looking for those plans for my mom, and I started doing the research. And I realized back then that there were a lot of companies that weren't putting their clients first. They were putting their shareholders first. And I think that's a bad recipe for insurance. And so those are the companies that are in the biggest trouble right now. And so the good mutual companies, the companies that you own as a client is where you want to be. That's 99.9% of our business that we place is with mutual companies. And so you have to understand that there are still some great traditional plans out there. There are some ways to insulate yourself from rate increases by getting, you know, the 10 pay is a guaranteed level payment. So that's an option. It's 100% tax deductible for businesses. So again, a lot of uh, options out there. And again, you heard the ads. We have two classes coming up this Wednesday, um, this next Wednesday at 3 p.m. And then the following Saturday morning at 9 a.m. It's going to be the same class. So either one of them, you're going to get the same information. It's just step one in our process. Educate yourself and we'll kind of go through what long-term care is, what it pays for, some of the different options. We're going to talk about this new 
Washington State Long-Term Care Trust Act. That's a payroll tax coming the beginning of next year. And for those of you outside of Washington State, there's a dozen other states that are looking at the same thing, and it's coming. And I wouldn't be surprised in the next 10 years if, if a majority of the states don't have something like this where they're putting a payroll tax in place to set up one of these funds. So we're going to talk about all that so you can sign up for those classes at 525longtermcare.com. Um, man, I had a I, – I want to talk about this for a second. I, I got an interesting email um, from a listener. Let's talk about cost for a second. The definition of cost is the value of money that has been used up to produce something or deliver a service and hence is not available for use in anymore. That's really the, the key part. A cost is money that's gone. It's not available for use anymore. So I got an email from a, a listener last week that said, hey, you know, I, I was listening to your show and um, you compared why people want long-term care insurance and you were comparing it to homeowner's insurance and my homeowner's insurance i spend about two thousand dollars a year on to insure my home that's a lot different than coming up with four hundred thousand dollars he said that's one of the reasons i don't have long-term care insurance is because the cost is so high and if you missed last week's show i had a client of the week to put four hundred twenty six thousand dollars into an asset-based plan so this gentleman's saying, look, I spend $2,000 a year on homeowner's insurance. That's a far cry from 420000 so it's not a fair comparison. Here's what the listener missed, and, and I get a chuckle out of this. I, I really do. I get a lot of feedback from people that say this, and to me, this person's just giving me an excuse why he's not going to get long-term care, which is fine. It's a free con- country. You don't have to get it. My, my whole point last week was that you know, vast majority of my clients could technically self-insure. They, their, their estates are big enough. The reason why they want it is they see the value proposition in it. What this gentleman missed is he's talking about the cost of his homeowner's insurance of $2,000 a year versus four twenty-six. Well, the $426,000 that my clients last week deposited into their plan, that's not a cost. What he doesn't understand is that the premium for on the plan for the long-term care insurance, unlike his homeowner's insurance, it's not a cost. The client of the week put in $426,000, yes, but he's guaranteed to get $500,000 back. How is that a cost? Think about it. He puts four twenty-six dollars in. If he dies, $500,000 goes back. He never used long-term care. If he goes on claim and he uses $100,000, $400,000 is paid back to his estate. He's still getting $500,000 of benefit, $100,000 for long-term care and four hundred paid back to his estate. Regardless of his situation, he's going to get more money back than he put into the plan. That is not a cost. The cost, that money is not gone, and that's what this client is missing. So how much is your homeowner's insurance? The $2,000 a year, that's a cost. That money is gone. You don't have access to that money again. If your house burns down, they don't give you that money back. They rebuild your house, but they don't build you a nicer house. They just replace what you have. If you wreck your car, they don't give you a nicer car. They don't upgrade you. They just replace your car. And so that is a true cost, right, the premium for the homeowner's insurance. And if you live a long life and your house never burns down, they don't give you that money back. So this is why I have this radio show. We have to change the way we think about insurance. These new plans are different. They're not the same old insurance. These asset-based plans work different. There's no secret to it. We're just taking money that we're going to use to self-insure and we're leveraging it up, and we're going to get that money back or more money back than we put into the plan than we we started out with. So that is the difference. Don't be confused on this. 
And by the way, if I'm paying a traditional plan, yes, there's a cost of that premium. There's no money back. There's there's no guarantee of cash back, but that's okay. You're saying, well, I'm going to trade pennies today for dollars in the future. But on asset-based plans, we're simply moving money from one pocket to another pocket, and we're adding all these benefits. We're adding the leverage. We're adding the tax-free benefits. We're adding the, the access to the concierge care service on some of these companies. So there's a lot of benefits. That's why we do that. And so there's a lot of different ways we can set up these plans. And this week, I want to introduce you to Deanna, who is 68. Deanna lost her husband six years ago. She's single. She has three adult children. She's retired. She's living off her husband's pension and Social Security. And she's comfortable. I mean, she's not rich, but she's comfortable. She's paying her bills, and she's, she's not worried about that. She has a small nest egg comprised of an IRA, um, which she's not really tapping right now. She doesn't have to start taking money out of that till 72, so that's kind of a rainy day money. If she needs a new roof or a new car or something, she would dip into that, but she's really hoping that she can leave some money back to her estate, to her kids. Her biggest concern, if she has to move out of her house into an assisted living or a nursing home, she wants to be able to keep her house. Her house they've had for over 40 years. It's a family home. When she passes away, she wants the kids to be able to use it. It's a house. It's it's like a little lakefront house um, here in on, on the east side in, in Seattle. And, you know, it was a, a rural little country house, you know, 100 years ago. But now today everything's built up around it. So it's a nice little house. She wants to keep that for the family, and that's one of her biggest concerns. She's also afraid that if she ends up in a long-term care situation, she would become a burden on her kids, meaning that if she burned through her assets, her kids would have to step in because she wouldn't have the money if she she burned through all of her IRA, and she just doesn't want that. She knows her kids would do that. She's like, you know, I really don't want to burden my family. She's got seven grandchildren, by the way. So she said, you know, my kids are busy. They have a life, and I want them to be able to go on with that. So what we found out during her conversation is her income is sufficient. You know, not a lot of extra, but she has sufficient income to pay all her bills and save a little bit of money every month. Her main source of it, um, her main source of extra money was the IRA money that she had for the, you know, setting there, letting it grow. But she just inherited some money from her mom's estate. And this was money that she wasn't counting on. So she thought, well, I'm going to set this aside and use that money for long-term care insurance. That's going to be some rainy day money. Um, she really wanted to age in her own home. That was very important for her. She said, I would like to stay here as long as I physically am able to. I'm not saying I won't go to an assisted living, but I want to stay in my home for as long as possible. So if I need help getting through the day, I want to be able to bring that help into my own home. I said, got that. And, and she just, again, her main concern was I don't want my health to get to the point where it drains my assets and I have to sell my home. So that was just, again, per, and I get that. I, I have a family home. I own the home that my grandmother was raised in by her grandmother. So I totally get that. It's not that it's worth a lot of money. It's just that emotionally it means something. And so I totally understand where she's coming from. So what we did for her, what we did for Deanna, is we set up a savings-based asset plan. She had $168,000. This was part of her inheritance that she got from her mom's estate. It was just basically in cash in the bank right now. And she said, you know, I don't know what to do with this. I'm not going to put it in the stock market. This was just rainy day fund. But she goes, interest rates are horrible. Um, even CD rates are horrible. So I just, I, I, can I use that to get some long-term care insurance? I don't want to lose the money, but I'd like to get some long-term care insurance. I said, sure, we can do that. So we took that single deposit of $168,000 and deposit it with the insurance company. What this did for Deanna was it gave her 
or Deanne, I'm sorry, it gave her $7,016 a month of long-term care insurance. That's today's value, $7,016 a month for a total benefit of $505,000 of long-term care insurance. So if you do the math on this, you divide that 7000 into the 505000 <clears throat> you'll realize that she has a minimum of six years of long-term care insurance coverage. Her account value, the amount of money that she deposits into this, this $168,000, actually will grow over time. So what I mean by these savings-based plans, and we're going to get more detail in the last segment, but really what we're doing is we're depositing that money with the insurance company. The insurance company is saying, okay, we're going to pay you X amount of interest on this based on current market rates, but the policy to buy the insurance inside that contract is going to be X amount. Well, the interest that she's earning on this is going to be more than the cost of the insurance. So her money is actually going to grow a little bit in value. If she was 58 instead of 68, the policy would grow more. So the way these savings-based plans work is for every dollar you deposit, you get three times leverage. So 100000 turns into three hundred, two hundred thousand 200000 turns into $600,000 of long-term care. The cost difference inside the policy is based on your age. That's how much the insurance costs. Now, think about this for a second. This, these plans have been around for a while, but the Pension Protection Act simplified this and removed some of the tax issues. The way this used to work prior to 2010 is if you deposit $100,000 with the insurance company and you were earning 5% interest and they were charging you 3% for the insurance inside the contract, guess what? You had to pay tax on the 5%. You got a 1099-I just like you did a CD. And, and, and I take that back. You actually had to pay tax on the $3,000 that they took out because they set it up as a deferred annuity so that 5% would grow deferred, but they, the 3% they were taking out for the insurance premium was actually a taxable event. That is no more, folks. That's what the Pension Protection Act did. It allowed us to set these savings-based plans up. No tax consequences. We don't get 1099s. Our policies just sitting there. We're growing. And as the account value grows, so does our long-term care. So when we go from $100,000 of cash value and $300,000 of long-term care, we will grow from $150,000 of cash value to $450,000. So it's just kind of the automatic inflation. The younger you are, the faster that's going to grow because what slows you down, the interest rate's the same for everybody. It's the cost of the insurance inside that contract. So she has got this $7,000 benefit today. If we go down the road and we just look at it and say, well, 10 years down the road, she's going to have $7,161 a day, but she has $171,000 of value. Now, remember, folks, interest rates are based at 2% right now. So if the interest rates go up, her count value will actually grow. She'll never, ever go below the $168,000 that she put into the account. Her account will never go backwards. So that's what's unique about these plans. So again, we're repositioning this money and we're saying, gosh, here we go. We're going to take a chunk of money that she already has. We're going to take it out of one pocket. We're going to put it in another pocket. And guess what? She just levered up three times that amount of money for long-term care and it comes out tax-free. She'll never have to pay a dime of tax if she uses that money for long-term care. Um, if she dies, the full account value is just paid back to her estate um, whatever that grows into, by the way. So, you know, down the road, if she's, you know, 20 years down the road, it's worth $180,000, $180,000 paid back to the estate. There's a zero-day waiting period for home health care. Again, she wanted to age in home. So if she falls ill, her health is compromised, she can start bringing in that home health care service day one. She doesn't have to wait for that. Um, 
And just think what this really did for her. It took a finite amount of money, that $168,000, and it tripled the value. It provides her a dedicated tax-free source of money. She doesn't have to worry about pulling money out of the IRA to pay for care now. She's got the long-term care at $7,000 a month. She's got her Social Security, and she's got her pension. Those are all lifetime sources of revenue that she's going to have. She'll have this long-term care insurance for a minimum of six years. If she's only using half the benefit, the plan would last her 12 years. So, again, she's got that dedicated source of money, and it really just gives her the comfort that she has additional resources if she needs them, and she doesn't have to worry about being a burden on the family. And that's really what was important for her. And, folks, these plans are so simple. It's one of our most popular plans, these savings-based plans, because the other thing about it, you can access some of that money. There's just a lot of things. We're going to talk a little bit about that in our last segment. I'm going to break down a little bit more of how these savings-based plans work. So let's take our final break. We'll be right back to Long-Term Care Radio. Many people with near or over a million dollars in assets will mistakenly pay more in taxes in a long-term care situation than it would have cost them to set up an insurance plan to pay for the care needed. Learn more by attending Brian's free asset-based class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. Have you heard? Beginning next year, all W-2 employees will be taxed for long-term care, but not if you have an existing plan in place. The new government program will make Washington State employees pay for a long-term care plan through a new payroll tax. You won't have a choice, and you won't be able to opt out unless you have an existing plan in place, like my wife and I do, through 525 Advisors. Learn about this new payroll tax and new long-term care plans by attending a free live webinar this Wednesday at 3 p.m. If you can't attend, there's another one next Saturday at 9 a.m. Long-term care is such an important part of retirement planning. A good plan from 525 Advisors can make sure your care is funded and managed when you need it, protecting your loved ones and everything you've worked hard for. They also have plans to pay you back if you never need it. So attend the free live webinar Wednesday at 3 p.m. There's also another one next Saturday at 9 a.m. Go to 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Take the burden off your loved ones by making sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Visit 525longtermcare.com to learn more and sign up for the next live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. And Zach, recently one of the largest investment banks in the country, finally published research showing why a 60-40 stock bond portfolio is outdated. This is something you've been talking about on Know Your Risk Radio for years. Now they're jumping on the bandwagon. Dory, it certainly feels that way. This research shows exactly what we've been telling people for years now. Using bonds as the safe portion of your portfolio is a serious gamble. And now is not the time to be gambling your retirement. With Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, we'll show you how to protect your portfolio against loss, but still grow your assets. We teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet, Common Sense Investing. Call Zach right now to get your free copy of Common Sense Investing. Call 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm is licensed to conduct business. Bulwark Capital is a DBA of Clear Creek Financial Management, a registered investment advisor. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ong, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back, and thanks again for tuning in to Long-Term Care Radio and the Long-Term Care Radio podcast. 
Again, two classes, um, and man, they are filling up. A lot of people are interested in this Washington State Trust Act, which is coming. Um, and for people that are employees, you have to have a long-term care insurance plan in place. We believe it's going to be July 24th is going to be the cutoff day. Uh, we'll, we should know that by the end of April. And then I'm going to do some separate webinars on that and bring more information to the podcast and the radio show. But, again, we'll be talking about that. But um, the webinar, again, 3 o'clock on Wednesday, that's the 14th. And, again, the following Saturday, which is the 17th at 9 a.m. They're both the same class. So if you can't make one, you can make the other one. Sign up at long-term, uh, 525longtermcare.com. Just right on the home page now, we have uh, attend a webinar. Click on that, and that'll take you to the sign-up page. And really, the webinar is easy. You don't have to download any software. I was just, um, you know, I was listening to the news the other day, and they're saying, "Oh, our Zoom meeting got interrupted when it went dead." And I'm like, "Yeah, I, I get that. Every time I'm on a Zoom meeting, or a Go-to meeting, or a Teams meeting, there's problems, internet connections. Our software works a little bit differently. You just click on a link, and it opens up a browser. You can watch it on your phone, your tablet, your computer, your smart TV." And um, it's pretty seamless. You don't have to download any software. So we try to make it as easy as possible. So look for those events at 525longtermcare.com. Again, Wednesday and the 14th at 3 p.m. and Saturday at 9 a.m. So let's talk a little bit here in this last segment in our last few minutes. I want to kind of just define what I mean by a savings-based long-term care plan. So these asset-based plans, it's like buying a vehicle. You're, you're deciding all these different things. You want these features and benefits. Like my asset-based plan has lifetime benefits for two people. It has an inflation rider, which is growing that monthly benefit. And I'm going to put more money into my plan than I'm guaranteed to get back, and I'm fine with that. I'm buying it for the insurance. If I get lucky and I don't use it and my estate gets you know 80% of my money back, so be it. That's great. But I think most likely between myself and my wife, there's a 92% chance we'll use it for long-term care. So that's why I got it. And so we have all these different options. We can pay over 10 years. We can pay over five years. We can pay over 20 years. We can pay in a lump sum. There's all these different ways you can fund asset-based plans. The savings-based plans, you have to think of them a little bit differently. They're just a single lump sum deposit. And all we're doing is we're taking money that you have in savings or cash or CDs or assets or you just sold a house or stock, whatever. We're just taking a single lump sum of cash, and we're depositing it with the insurance company. Now, what happens is that money goes into a deferred annuity. So think of it as a CD. It's just money that's getting paid an interest rate. So in this case, the current interest rates with this uh, particular plan of our client of the week is 2%. Well, for simple math, if the cost of the insurance is 1%, and so what that insurance says is that we're going to take your $100,000 that you deposit with us and we're going to turn it into $300,000 of long-term care. Well, what they're simply saying is we're going to charge you 1% a year of your account balance to get that extra $200,000 of insurance. Well, if your money's earning $2,000 and they're charging you $1,000, then your account balance grows by $1,000 a year. If you're paying, earning $2,000 and they're charging you $2,500, your account balance does not go to zero. This is a unique, we, we have several carriers that do this, but the one carrier that we use the most, they protect your principal balance. So even if they're charging you more for the insurance than you're earning in interest, your account balance doesn't go down. I mean, that's just a gift right now. Now, why this works so well is, is you know, the actuarial science. Remember, I was telling you how insurance works. The companies are looking at all the data, and you have to realize that a third of the people that go on claim in long-term care die within a year. The problem is 
they don't know which third of the population that's going to be. So a lot of people will never get into the insurance money. So the insurance company is just calculating a risk, saying we're going to earn some money off of this money, and the odds are when they go on claim, a third of the people are never even going to get into the insurance pool. And so that's the way all insurance works. Life insurance works, uh, car insurance, homeowner's insurance. They know that most of our houses aren't going to burn down. That's why we can buy you know, a million dollars of homeowner insurance for a couple thousand dollars a year because they know that odds are our house isn't going to burn down. But for us individually, we're insuring that catastrophic risk. So these savings-based plans are just brilliant right now because interest rates are so low. So if you look at our client of the week, she takes $168,000. She turns it into $500,000 of long-term care insurance just overnight, just immediately, just boom. So that gives her the leverage. That's what we're saying is, is that's that money. So when she goes on claim, she's really spending her money down. She's spending her savings account down the first two years. But if she's still in long-term care, guess what? That's where the insurance kicks in, and it pays that same monthly benefit for year three, four, five, and six. So she could keep her money where it's at. She can spend her $168,000 down. She's out of money. Then she's spent moving on to her IRA, and she runs out of that money. Guess what? And then she's selling her house or whatever it is. So with the insurance, that $168,000 turns into $500,000. Now, the benefit of these savings-based plans is there's some accesses available. So if you put in $200,000 and you have $600,000 of insurance, but you need some money out, you can take out up to 10% a year out of this policy. So if you take out $20,000 to live on, well, you have $180,000, and that gives you $540,000 of long-term care insurance. You can't add money, so you can't start at 100000 and add 50000 in a year, but you can take money back out, so you have some access to some money without penalty. So there's just a lot of neat little features and benefits on these savings-based plans. And I think one of the things you have to understand is that for most people, especially you know, there's a surrender charge. So think of it as a CD. If you cancel your plan the first 10 years, they're going to say, well, you got to give us a thousand bucks or, or, or 800 bucks or 2000 bucks, whatever that surrender charge is. But for most people, if they're 65 or under after about year five, they could get a hundred percent of their money back. But even if they don't, even if they have to surrender at year three and take all their money out, you got to realize they had insurance for those three years. And the cost of that insurance was far less than if they tried to go out and buy a traditional plan. So again, we have just been writing the heck out of these plans. They go up to age 80. That's the wonderful thing about them. If you're 77, 78, 79, you can still put one of these plans in place. You just take some of the savings that you have, deposit it with the insurance company, and it's going to get levered up to three times. So uh, we got lots of examples on our website as well, too, if you want to learn more about some of those different plans. So, again, we have two classes coming up this week, Wednesday and uh, next Saturday at 9 a.m., Wednesday at 3 p.m., so you can sign up at 525longtermcare.com. You're also going to learn our process. If you're ready and you've educated, you've listened to the show, you've been on our website, you fill out a pre-screen form on our website, that's going to come in. Madeline's going to look at that information, figure out what options we have. We're going to have our client coordinator, Kristen, reach out to you, collect a little bit of data, And then when you're ready, we'll set up an appointment with me and we'll design a custom plan for you. And then we'll guide you through that process and get you covered. So pretty easy. All that stuff's laid out on our website at 525longtermcare.com. You spend another hour with us this weekend. We appreciate it. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. 